Beth, I don't know if you're in here right now, but you are such a gift to our church family. Is she not? We are so thankful for this lady. I love her, and I dare say we all know there's, not, there's hardly a better prayer warrior in our church family than Beth Peterson, amen? And uh, so thankful, so thankful. And by the way, can we just thank the Lord for the Adlers and their friends that are with us here today? Thank you guys so much for being here. Thank you, thank you. And I want to just obviously give a shout out to all of you moms that are uh, joining us here uh, on campus or perhaps online. Welcome to New Hope Church, all of you. But for you moms, it's Mother's Day. And you know, it's a day that is uh, just really rich and full for so many. But we also recognize that for a number of households, Mother's Day can be a little challenging. It can be kind of hard. You know, for, for my mom, it was a hard day. She didn't have the best relationship with her mother. And so uh, these days, I'm always thinking about that when we come to Mother's Day. It's a, it's a sweet time, but for some, it's a hard time. And I just wanted to acknowledge that and uh, let you know that this is a safe place where however you come today, uh, you can come. Because as we've just been worshiping together uh, in song, we have a God and great is his faithfulness. Isn't that right? He is worthy of praise and we can trust him. Amen, church? He's so good. He's so, so very, very good. Well, uh, listen, in these moments here that we have stretching out in front of us, God wants to say something to you. I absolutely believe that. God has a word for you, specific to you, something that is his design and his time for you to receive as we continue and spend time these next few minutes in this love letter here called the Bible. I'm so thankful to be part of that with you. And uh, so I'm just going to pray and we're going to dive right in. Oh God, I need you. Oh God, my God, I need you now. How I need you now. Oh God, we need you. Oh God, our God, we need you now. How we need you now. Come, oh Lord. And change us, we pray. And all God's people said expectantly, amen, amen. So uh, have you ever had that moment when the breath gets knocked out of you? One time I was riding my bike. I was a kid riding my bike down this big hill in the neighborhood where I grew up. Uh, and listen, when you grow up in the uh, Smoky Mountains, there are hills everywhere. And so I'm, I'm coming down this hill. I'm flying down this hill on my 12-speed Schwinn bike. It was sky blue. I was so proud of this thing. I bought it with all the money I'd saved up working as a, uh, as a uh, dishwasher at a restaurant. And I hit a rock. I hit a rock in the, in the roadway. And next thing I know, I am flying in midair. And the bike is tumbling off to the side, and I land flat on my face. I mean, I'm scratching everything you can imagine, and the breath was knocked out of me. And, oh, it was hard. It took me a moment. I was, I was scared. It took, I didn't know what to do. It was like, I, just, I had to just wait a second, and, and, and eventually, you know, I caught my breath, and, and then I had to deal with the bloody mess. But nonetheless, it scared me when the breath got knocked out of me. And you know, there are some of us who are gathering here right now. Perhaps you're listening as part of our online community. Welcome, if that's you. Uh, there are a number of us gathering here. And 
well, yeah, we've had our breath knocked out of us physically, perhaps, like a, uh, on a downed bike or, or, or something to that effect. But, you know, there's a lot of us that have our breath knocked out of us metaphorically. Like, life's hard, and it just takes our breath away. Life's hard, and it takes our breath away. And so we, we cry out, like, uh, like that prayer just now, where the song, from the song that we sang earlier, Oh, God, I need you. Oh, God, my God, I need you now. How I need you now. And we all do need him. Every single one of us, we need God to move, to act, and to come alongside of us to pick us up when we've been knocked flat by whatever it is that has taken us out. All of us, hear me, church, all of us, every single one of us, we need God's care. Every single one of us need God's power. Every one of us need God's comfort. We need his comfort. We really do. The most superficial glance at our lives, the most casual look at our lives tells us such. For those prodigals who make us weep, or those fears that haunt us, the temptations that taunt us, the isolation that traps us, for these things we need comfort. The most simplistic view of the world tells us such. And so, we look outward and we see shootings one after the next, and it seems like we're totally okay with it. That's the way our world is working right now. And we consider the pain and the trauma of of uh, broken homes and society that's crumbling. Or we consider politicians that leave us wanting and hopes that we might have, dreams that we might have that seem evasive. And for these and so many more things, we need hope. We need comfort. We need comfort. Now you may not know this, but in the ancient language of the Hebrew people, that word comfort at its core, implies taking a deep breath, catching your breath. You might think of it as a deep sigh. Let's just take a deep breath right now. Ready? Just. You see, the word comfort from the Hebrew mindset, it is as if one were just taking a deep breath, taking a deep breath. We, we see this word in Genesis chapter uh, 2. We saw it just a few weeks ago in our uh, previous sermon series. In, in verse 7, uh, it's, it's a word closely related to comfort. I mean, very close. It's like a cousin, a first cousin. And, and it was when we saw in Genesis 2, 7, the picture of the Lord God breathing life into the nostrils of the man the breath of life so that he became a living being. The breathing right there uh, is closely related to this issue of comfort, of, of taking a breath. 
One of the most famous words or verses rather in the Bible when it comes to comfort is Isaiah chapter 40 verse 1. We are all familiar with this or at least those of us who maybe have grown up in the church. Perhaps for others of you it's new but it's certainly worth you seeing. In fact you'll see it up here on the screen. Isaiah chapter 40 verse 1 and, and here, here's what it says. Comfort, comfort my people says your God. Comfort, comfort my people, says your God. And one way we might translate it would be something like this. Take a breath, my people. Take a deep, longing breath. What a good God we have that he's so tender, so caring that he would come alongside of us and with, when the breath has essentially been knocked out of us, he would want to help us up and coach us as it were to just take a deep breath. I've got you is in effect, uh, in effect what he is saying to all of us. Take a deep breath. I've got you. In the face of life's challenges, in the face of life's challenges, from prodigals to prejudices, from temptations to tragedies, having God help us take a deep breath is exactly what you and I need. It's exactly what we need, right? God, help me now. Oh God, I'm flat on my back. Oh God, I was riding fine and suddenly I'm I'm on the ground, bloodied and bruised, and the breath has been taken out of me. Oh, God, help me right now. I need you now. I need you now. We need God. We need God in part because he's strong. Did you know God is strong? He is powerful. He is good. He is mighty. He is strong. William Whiting is... A songwriter from the 1800s. In 1860, he penned the, uh, the, the very famous first words of what will become an extremely popular hymn. You'll see these words up here. Eternal Father, strong to save, whose arm does bind the restless wave. Oh, hear us when we cry to thee. He's a mighty, strong God. Amen. Do you believe that, church? Do you believe he's that kind of a God? Absolutely. Absolutely he is. And I'm so glad I need him to be strong for me because I will tell you every single day, more than I wish I could admit, I feel the weakness of my life. I need a strong God. But you know what? He's not just a strong God with a strong arm whose arm does bind the restless wave. You know what else he is? He is a tender, caring, compassionate God who comforts us when life is hard. Did you know that? A tender, caring, compassionate God who comforts us when our lives are so hard. And you may wonder, Really? Yeah, you know what? He comforts us. Hear this now, church. He comforts us like a mother. Like a mother. Tender. 
compassionate. He's got the instinct for such. Just like a mother might. God like a mother, you ask? Is that even possible? Well, well look with me. Isaiah chapter 66. Isaiah chapter 66. And uh, my eyes are on verse 13. Isaiah chapter 66, verse 13. You'll see it right here. Uh, from the prophet Isaiah, we see these words. As one whom his mother comforts, so I will comfort you. Now this is God speaking to, to his people that he treasures, that he loves. And he's saying, look, just as a mother comforts you, so I'm going to comfort you. As a mother cares for you, so I will care for you. There's something instinctive about a mother's deliberate comfort and care. And God Almighty is saying, yeah, that, that example, that's me. That's, that's what I want to emulate. That's what I want to give unto you. The comfort and care of a mother. Of a mother. Now, Charles Spurgeon, he, 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 writes, he writes these words about this verse. He says, uh, this is a peculiarly delightful metaphor. A father can comfort, but I think he is not much at home in the work. All right? So, dads, listen. You, you can do this, right? We can do this. But when God speaks about comfort, he selects a mother. He selects a mother. A mother knows by instinct how to do it. There's just something innate without a mother to just comfort those who are in front of her. And the Apostle Paul, he gets this. He understands this. He has some intuition about what God is thinking in this regard. And lest we wonder, does he, then, then we just turn our attention to uh, Ephesians chapter 5. In Ephesians chapter 5, we see the Apostle Paul using language about a mother to describe, get this, how Jesus loves the church and how a husband should love his wife. And so the example for how Jesus loves the church and how a husband should love his wife is actually a mother. Can you believe that? Ephesians chapter 5, note with me these words. You'll see them on the screen here. I want to highlight verse 25, and then we'll skip down to the 28 and 29. Husbands, love your wives, Paul writes, as Christ loves the church and gave himself up for her. By the way, guys, Lord willing, here in about a month, when we get into the middle of June, we're going to revisit this verse as a congregation, this passage, but with a special view to talk about the nobility of a godly man. So just be ready. But right now, husbands, love your wives as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her. In the same way, husbands should love their wives as their own bodies. He who loves his wife loves himself. For no one ever hated his own flesh, but nourishes and cherishes it just as Christ does the church. The implication is Christ nurtures or nourishes and cherishes the church. Husbands, we need to nourish and cherish our wives in the same way that good self-care has us nourishing and cherishing our very own bodies. But you know that word, nourish? It literally means to bring to maturity, and it finds its root 
in the language of a mother nursing an infant. That's the picture. And so Paul's saying, look, uh, Jesus, he nourishes his bride, the church. There's something tender, compassionate, intimate about that. Very uh, intentional, engaging. And, and Paul says, and guys, that's how you're to love your wives, intentional, compassionate, caring, intimate, engaging. And the base example is a mother nursing her little newborn child. And then the word that is in the passage there for cherish, uh, that word, uh, it has the idea of bringing warmth. And particularly, it is of a nurse or a mother tenderly coming along and covering up a child or a loved one to provide warmth, to provide care. It's this idea of, of protection, uh, of safeguarding, of, of warming one up, of, of providing uh, an environment where one can just rest, one can breathe, where one can be secure. And specifically, its base, just like the word nourish has the idea of a mother nursing her child, the word cherish has the idea of a mother or a nursemaid holding tight the little infant and swaddling that infant, protecting that infant. So again, what we see here is the Apostle Paul using the, the pictures of a woman, of a mother, caring for her beloved, and this for Paul becomes the catalyst for how a man should love his wife and how Jesus Christ loves the church. Wow. And you know, Paul took this so much to heart. He took this so much to heart. I want you to see this from, from uh, 1 Thessalonians chapter 2, verse 7. Paul's speaking about how he carries out his own uh, posture with the people around him. This is the way he thinks about caring for all who are around him. He says, we were gentle among you, like a nursing mother taking care of her own children. This is Paul, the theologian, the church planter, the missionary, the pastor, the great preacher of the faith who wrote some of the uh, strongest theological works the world has ever seen. And when he talks about the way he wants to carry himself publicly, he says, in effect, I want to be gentle among you, just like a mother nursing her child. And so, no small wonder then, God himself puts forward this vision of you know, I, I will be strong for sure. Eternal Father, strong to save. But I will also comfort you like a mother, tender, caring, intimate. And that really matters. That really matters. I'm going to, in effect, help you catch your breath when it gets knocked out of you. I'm going to, in effect, come alongside of you and help you to take a breath, to stand back up, and to go forward. Now, this is really simple. In effect, when life knocks us down, and we are tired, and we are, we are worn out when we are afraid 
when the circumstances of our existence are taking a toll and we wonder if there's any hope, God comes along and says, I've got you. I will comfort you. I've got the power to do that. Just like a mother takes care of her infant, so I have got you in my hands. Now it is simple, but there are some important takeaways here. I want to share with you three of them. Very simple, but I think very important for us. And uh, here they are. I want you to see these with me. Uh, number one, moms, you really matter. Did you know that? Moms, you really matter. Do not, do not lose sight of that reality. Do not lose sight of that. You are important. You matter. Your influence, your essence, tangibly changes lives. That innate ability to tenderly comfort and care, to minister, to come alongside of, to nourish, to cherish, thank you. Thank you for who you are. You really matter. You really matter. The world might tell you something different. Your circumstances might tell you something different. The story that is unfolding with your family might suggest something different, but you hang in there. You matter. You matter. Number two, moms, you matter so much, God uses you as his example for caring for those in need, comforting them, literally helping them take a deep breath. And that is no small thing. God sees you, and when God says, I want to explain to the created order my heart of compassion, he uses the illustration of a mother to describe himself. He uses the illustration of a woman to describe himself. That's, that's the kind of compassion I as your God will give. Like that woman, like that mother. Ladies, I want you to not miss the idea that that elevates you, that says something about how much God sees you. But I also want all of us to understand that it says something about how much God wants to connect with all of us. That he wants to be tender and caring and in his comfort, he wants to give us our breath. He wants to help us to just breathe. Catch your breath. I'm right here. I'm with you. You're not alone. Just take a moment. Breathe deeply. I'm right here. I'm not going anywhere. That's our God. That's our God. He loves us that much. He loves you that much. And thirdly, importantly, I want you to note with me, such comfort is most chiefly seen in Jesus, our great Savior and Lord, in the Lord Jesus himself. We see this most chiefly, most greatly. As a matter of fact, there's this beautiful, it's really simple, friends. It's really simple. There's this beautiful and very simple moment uh, in the final week of Jesus' life. He's making his way through Jerusalem. Uh, and uh, this, this is the, toward the end of the week. I mean, things are hard. Things are dark. Uh, the cross is right there in front of him. 
And he looks out over Jerusalem. He looks out over his people, God's people, over the masses. And here's what he says. It's from Matthew chapter 23. How often would I have gathered your children together as a hen gathers her brood under her wings? And so our Lord, he sees a broken mass of humanity and he says, oh, I just want to take you and hold you like a, like a mother hen takes her chicks and just hides them under, hides them under the wings and keeps them safe, keeps them secure. Friends, like a mother takes her children and safeguards them and holds them close. This is the tender, the compassionate heart of a holy God. And lest we wonder, all right, let us remind ourselves that very week that Jesus said those words, this sinless Jesus was he, was, he was betrayed by a friend, right? And, and he was arrested by the authorities, and he was tried in a uh, kangaroo court of religious prudes who wanted to manipulate the system for their own gain. And then he was tortured, and he was crucified on a cross, and there he died. But that wasn't the end of the story, is it? For three days later, the Lord Jesus rose from the dead. That grave could not hold him back. And he stepped out of that tomb into the bright morning sunshine of Jerusalem, alive, triumphant, victorious. And then days later, he ascended into the heavenly realms, and right now, he is in session with his father. We're at the right hand of his father. He's pleading on behalf of the saints, pleading on behalf of all of us who are redeemed and washed in his blood. And so he says, Abba, that woman right there, she's hurting. We need to just restore her breath. We need to comfort her. We need to unleash strength and power for her right now through the Holy Spirit. Father, that man right there, he is, he's giving up. His shame is eating him alive. He wants to be done. Oh, God of heaven, let us comfort him right now. Father, let us comfort him. Let us help him to catch his breath. Oh, Daddy, do you see that little boy right there? That little boy who's wondering how come everything in his life is so hard. That little boy who wonders if he's got a future worth pursuing. He's scared. He feels lonely. He feels beaten down by his family and his friends. That little boy right there, Lord, he needs our comfort right now. You see, this is Jesus interceding, interceding before the Father, crying out, comfort ye, comfort ye, my people. Take a breath, my people. Take a deep breath. I've got you. I've got you. I've got you. And indeed he does. Indeed he does. Let me ask you to pray with me right now. Would you stand? And I want you to, as you're standing, I want you to think for a moment. Lord, how is it that I am out of breath here today. 
Well, Lord, let me count the ways. I've been knocked down by the prejudices of others. I have fallen down because of my own sin. I have face planted, it seems. Because that dream just simply won't come about, and I'm tired. My best friend and I aren't talking right now. I have a prodigal kid. The checkbook, or the bank account, because nobody knows what a checkbook is anymore, the bank account is empty. I got to go to work and I'm exhausted. I'm out of breath. I know you're strong, I hear that. But are you also tender? Oh, a mom's care may last a moment and may at times even fall short, but God, your care lasts forever and never falls short. Jesus, whatever our sorrow, whatever our lot, we find healing in you. You know where we've been and all we've been through. We find healing in you. You heal and remake us. You will never forsake us. With your loving kindness, you comfort us. Indeed, O oh powerful resurrected Jesus, with you we can breathe.